Hi, welcome to the Speaking Postpartum Podcast, hosted by myself, Ryan Speak, where women share their stories about their postpartum journeys. Come along with me to listen to their stories of the struggles, the joys, and the many things that go unsaid when it comes to postpartum. This is Speaking Postpartum. Hey, Emma, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Tell me a little bit about your family. Yeah, so um, my husband, his name is Honey. Um, yes, that's his real name, <laughs> and I get that a lot. Um, we met in college, and we've been married for about uh, four and a half years now. Um, we have a baby girl named Isla who just turned eight months a couple days ago. Um, she's awesome. And then we also actually currently are living with my parents as well. So that um, has been interesting, but amazing. We love it um, and has been, played a big part in my postpartum journey as well, just having their, their support and help. And during COVID too, all being together has been a huge blessing. Yeah. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about your pregnancy and birth with Isla. Yeah. So my pregnancy was unplanned. Um, we have been married for a while, um, about, about three and a half years, I guess, four years when I found out. Um, but we were not planning on having a baby yet. <laughs> we were planning on waiting. I always said, you know, okay, we'll, we'll think about it in like a few years, closer to 30. Like, um, I had just gotten a huge promotion at work. Um, I was so just like, so just stoked on what I was doing with work-wise, um, really just traveling a lot, um, just living a very strongly baby-free life. And so it was a huge shock to the system to find out um, that our plans had changed. So, you know, it took a little while for that shock to kind of wear off. Um, at first, I was completely like, just a huge mix of emotions, right? Like, excited and like, scared, like terrified. Um, and just, com- just completely in shock. Um, honey was excited the second I told him, he was like, ready to go. <laughs> He's like, I would have had one sooner if you just told yeah, me. <laughs> literally, he was ready to go. Um, so I don't have any cute stories of telling him or my parents because I was just so like, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So once the shock wore off, you know, I began to process and, and definitely get excited, of course. Um, but it was just a huge adjustment from the get-go, you know, just a huge adjustment of like our plans where I thought I was heading. Um, just so many like fears for what am I going to do like with work and what am I going to do in the future? And what am I going to do with a baby? I was not ready. I don't know anything about babies. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, once the shopper off got excited, um, and my pregnancy ended up being great. I was really fortunate, um, to have a pretty easy pregnancy, some nausea in the beginning, um, some hip pain at the end, but overall, um, pretty easy, which was good because it gave me some space to cope emotionally and prepare for that. To get used Um, to this. Yes, exactly. Um, But I was definitely blessed with a good pregnancy and and blessed with a good birth as well. Um, It was pretty like quick for a first. Um, My water broke at like at midnight. It was almost exactly midnight um, on the 24th and we went to the hospital. Um, I was immediately admitted, given Pitocin. And then, um, she was born at 1158 AM. That's 12 hours later. That Um, sounds exactly like my first. (laughs) Really? Yeah. It was like 12 hours on the dot. My water broke at home. I went to the hospital. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. And that's rare. Like, like the doctors and like the, all the nurses 
were coming in and out and checking on me and being like, oh, first time mom, okay, get comfortable, you're going to be here a while. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and then all of a sudden I was like, I think I'm having a baby right now. Oh my God, same, <laughs> literally same. I was like, it, it was probably like around like a, like 1030. I was like, yeah. honey, I feel something weird. Like something yeah. feels different. And I had an epidural. So I was like, I don't know, like I'm dumb. I don't know what's happening. And he's like, you should just call a nurse. I was like, okay. And I called her and I was like, it's probably nothing, but like, I just feel some pressure. Like I feel something, it just feels different. And she checks me. She's like, oh, that's the baby's head. Uh, I'll go get your midwife. I was like, okay. <laughs> that's exact. That is almost exactly what happened with me with my first. That's so funny. Cause that never happened. I know. That's so funny. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. And then it was actually pretty cool though. So it was definitely a bummer because um, it was right in the beginning of, of COVID stuff, you know, because yeah. we went on lockdown in March. She was born April 24th. So it was really soon. Um, so only honey was allowed to come with me, which I was so thankful because I was scared I was going to have to do it alone. Yeah. At least you got to come. <laughs> yeah. So honey got to come, but I was super bummed to like not have my mom there mm-hmm. and have everyone like, in the, you know, coming in the waiting room and coming to visit like immediately. And I was so excited. Um, but what was, was pretty cool is like right when they said, okay, it's time to like start pushing, um, honey got my parents and my sister and brother-in-law and some of my family, even in South Africa on zoom. And they were all on zoom, like just looking at my face. And I was like, Hey guys, what's up? And they're, I was like, okay, we're going to start pushing. And she was born in like five pushes. So they all got That's to see awesome. her, got to hear her first cries and see her get laid on me. And that was actually ended up being pretty special. That's really cool. Yeah. It's cool. And I don't think it would have, even though COVID was not the best circumstances, like, I don't think we would have thought to do that, like get everyone there. And I don't know. Yeah. It was, pretty, it was cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That sounds like a great birth though. It was, um, it went, it went really well. And I actually spent part of the reason my pregnancy was such a shock is because I was actually pretty scared of pregnancy and childbirth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was kind of delaying it. Like, okay, I, at some point I'm going to have to process it and, and do this because I do want kids but I'm terrified. Um, and so it was such a huge, like huge blessing. I worked really hard on my pregnancy, like on my mindset and really preparing to like go with the flow and like trust God and like keep like a positive mindset. Um, whatever happened, that was my birth plan. I was like, yeah, this is what I want. You know, ideally like I'm going to get a girl and and have, um, like a vaginal childbirth, but whatever happens, I need to stay calm. So that really helped. Um, and then I think, I think just having a good mindset going into it really helped the birth like progress of just kind of yeah. like go with the flow. My sister who was like watching me on zoom was like, I've never seen someone look so like tranquil giving birth. Like she's like, I didn't know it could be like that. And I was like, yeah, I don't know me either. I, it was so like, it was, it was <laughs> a lot of like, awesome, yeah, I think a lot That's of it really was like, cool. yeah, it ended up being, being really great. And I feel really really blessed to have had that happen, especially after being so fearful of it. Now I'm like, okay, I can do it again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about, uh, your, your first six weeks. So like literally from the moment you gave birth to your checkup basically. Yeah. Okay. So we spent 24 hours in the hospital. So it was pretty quick. Um, we were off to a good start in the hospital. Like, um, everything was going as well as it could, you know, meeting all her little mini milestones she peed and whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So we were sent on our way home, um, immediately got home, took a shower and like the best nap of my life while my mom got to snuggle baby. Um, but I would say like the following six weeks, like when I, when I tell people about my postpartum experience or just postpartum in general, like the word, the first word that comes to my mind is intense. Mm-hmm. It is so intense. Like 
it's intensely like amazing and you're filled with such intense love, but you're also filled with such in, such intense like shock of like, what just happened? Like, what am I doing? Um, and then I had a lot of uh, baby blues as well. So really intense emotions, like yeah. super, those highs, those super high, like I'm so excited. Like I don't mind getting up at 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. Like I'm just, look at this baby. And then intense like lows of just crying, not even really knowing why, but just like yeah. sobbing. And like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just have to cry. Um, and that was hard. I mean, I didn't expect that. I didn't remember a lot of people really talking about that. I, I knew about like postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. So that even made those emotions kind of more intense because I was scared that that's what was mm-hmm. happening and it felt so out of control, you know? Yeah. So, um, but you know, after I think it was exactly about two weeks, my emotions did start to get a little better and, yeah. and level out, um, which was helpful, but yeah, re- those first two weeks, especially like with the emotions and just like, and just the intense things that are happening in your body too, like you're bleeding, like so much bleeding, yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's just such an intense time. Um, and then, you know, also the lack of sleep. I'm definitely a person who needs my sleep, mm-hmm. um, have always been that way. And so that definitely contributes just the days and nights all blurring together into one, um, not knowing like when to sleep, like okay, sleep when the baby sleeps, even though I had this help, like I have been living with my parents. And so it's been amazing um, to have that community support. But even with that, it's like, okay, I have to feed her every two hours or two and a half hours. And so it's not really feeling like you're ever really getting sleep. Yeah. Um, It feels like that all falls on you. So you're like, it's literally on me to make sure I wake up. I feed my baby. Like, yes. And that is um, a big part, like talking about breastfeeding as well. I think with breastfeeding, that was something that was actually really hard was feeling that weight of motherhood Mm -hmm. very quickly Mm -hmm. of like, I am my baby's lifeline. Like, even though there's other options, you know, even though if I needed a break, I could give her formula or I could give her a bottle. Like I was, I'm the kind of person where I like, I say, I want to do something like, I'm going to go balls to the wall and I'm going to do it. (laughs) Um, so I was like, no, we're breastfeeding. Like I have to get my supply leveled out. Um, I had a really huge oversupply Mm -hmm. and it was, uh, I was super thankful to be able to feed her obviously and, and be able to breastfeed, but man, that was complicated. It took a lot of troubleshooting. Um, so with that, I was like, okay, I have to, I want my supply to level out. So I don't want to pump. I didn't even want to touch the pump. I was like, I have to keep feeding her so that it matches her. Um, we had to figure it out. So I really didn't want to. Sorry. I think that I had a really huge oversupply with both kids and with Jude the first time I was like, I don't even like when my milk came in, I was so like the emotions. I think when you're engorged and have an oversupply, like the emotions are so intense from that because you're just having like continuous letdowns too. And then the letdown emotions are like, it's oh so my hard. gosh. Yes. Every single morning I would wake up, not even morning, like the 6,000 times in the night. Right. I would wake up drenched in milk, drenched, mm-hmm. drenched in sweat. I got mm-hmm. really bad night sweats. So I was just like soaked all the time. And then you get up to feed the baby and I was like freezing, like literally like yeah. shaking, like so cold. Cause you're like wet. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was horrible. And then like taking a shower and then I'm like, okay, I'm up now. Um, or even I remember like it was summer when she was born. And so I'd be sitting out in the backyard 
in the sun just to like get you know take a little break soak in some sun and I look down I'm literally like leaking like anytime I got warm <laughs> I would leak like anytime like the sun I hits you you're like dang it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was just like soaked all the time um and the engorgement yeah ouch oh my gosh it was so painful like so painful um and she could only even eat one side like it was it was way too much for her so like she could yeah. only eat one side at a time I'd use my Hakka, so I did end up getting a pretty mm-hmm. good freezer stash, which was, which was nice without having to pump it all, but um, it was hard. I mean, just troubleshooting that. Even, like, there were complications, like, um, she would, like, choke sometimes, yeah. and it was so scary. It was yeah, so and you're like, what, how do I deal with this? And then there's like a million different things. So it's like, try reclined nursing. Try, yes. like, pumping first and then give it, offer it. And it's like, I just want this to be easy. <laughs> I just want to feed my baby. Like, yeah, it was really hard. And so I would be like scared to feed her. So the whole time I'm like sitting there, like <clears throat> watching her, like, okay, don't choke, don't choke. And she like getting enough air, like that was stressful. And then even, um, even like after, I think it was about like maybe, maybe right around six weeks, she started just like screaming anytime I would try to feed her. And I'm like, <sighs> and so every night, like it's literally, I maybe the best time she would feed was the middle of the night. I've heard that sometimes like they just eat better Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. And so I'd feed her and then I would sit up for like two hours, like in a Google, like wormhole, like rabbit hole, whatever. Um, looking up all the different things that could be going on, like, which I do not recommend. Um, (laughs) but I think that was a big part of like kind of the situation with COVID as well is I just didn't feel like I had resources. Like I didn't feel like I could go anywhere for support. Like there were no like mommy me classes. Like I called for a lactation appointment and the earliest they could get me in was like eight days. And I was like, okay, so by then she'll either have like starved or we'll figure it out. Like (laughs) that's too far. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that was really hard to feel like I had all this weight to like troubleshoot what was going on, like make sure she was eating and just like, yeah, just like a, a big shock to the system of like, this is motherhood. Like this is my whole life. And like, yes, like my husband is amazing and like he is going to support her and support me, but like the weight really does fall on me. Yeah. Um, And it was a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's like a, just a giant moment of like, this is my, this is my responsibility, but like, Mm -hmm. it's not a responsibility, like, you know, doing certain chores around the house or a responsibility. It's like a immediate, I'm taking care of a human being responsibility. There's no time to wait. I can't let the dishes soak. Yeah. Like this is a human life. It's my little life. Like it's, it's insane. It's huge. But I will definitely say that like through all the different like hoops we had to jump through to get breastfeeding to work and, um, just sticking with it. Like that really did give me like a new sense of confidence, you know, cause I think a lot of what I struggled with pregnant and then in the early days was like, can I do this? Like, Mm -hmm. am I going to be a good mom? Like I so badly want to be a good mom and like so badly, like just want to be the best I can for her. And so that is hard. I struggle with work with this lot, just in work and other things as well. It's just like imposter syndrome of like, okay, I'm, I'm a mom, but like, am I like, am I doing this right? Like, am I I even doing this right? Yeah, exactly. So, but I will say that those early weeks, like, even though they were so intense and so hard, like every little battle we like overcame like okay that that week where she was screaming when she cried and we just kept doing it and kept doing it mm-hmm. and, like I would just cry with her and like we got through it and she was she was okay and it just like instilled a sense of like confidence of like 
okay, like we can do this. We got yeah. this. Like, it's going to be hard. There's going to be bumps, but like, it's okay. Like we can, we can do this and I can yeah. do this. And in that moment too, you're like, how do people even make it through this? Like, how did people even do this? Like, I don't understand. And then you're through it and you're like, okay, that was really hard, but yeah. I made it. But you're one of those people that people are like, how did they even do this now? Totally. I know. It's so crazy. And I still look back and I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> yeah. No idea. <laughs> no idea. What about after, um, you said after about like two weeks, the baby blues tapered down and you got a hold of breastfeeding and stuff. What, what was everything like after that for you? Yeah. So, um, as my emotions started to level out, um, that was better, you know, just, and when I say emotions, I mean, just the like, extremely distorted emotions of like sobbing uncontrollably for an hour. Um, (laughs) still emotional, but like feeling more like myself of like, okay, I can breathe. Um, I would, I will say it probably took, you know, six to eight weeks for breastfeeding to really level out. Um, and even longer maybe for it to become really like comfortable with, with my oversupply matching her and everything. I would say even maybe three or four months. Um, but, uh, I, I was healing well. I was starting to feel more like myself, um, at six weeks, um, and talk about lack of support. My six week, uh, consultation was over the phone. She gave me a call and she said, how you doing? COVID. I know, I know. And I think I felt that a lot through my pregnancy too. I was just kind of labeled like unproblematic or like yeah. non-complicated. So it was like, I'm like, we don't need to check in on you because everything's fine. You'll be fine. I'm like, I guess I will be Okay. Um, yeah. And so there wasn't really anything they could, they could do, but it just would have been comforting, I think, to go in and be like, okay, like I did have some stitches or like, just to be able to go in and be like, okay, everything's good. Like you're good. So I, I never got that like closure where I was like, okay, I'm good to go. Um, but I mean, it was okay. Um, I'd, so yeah, I'd say around six weeks. So I had my checkup. Um, I was cleared to start like some light activity again, which really helped, um, working out was a big like part of my like stress relief and like just something I really enjoy doing for myself. So that was helpful to just be able to start like walking again, even though literally the first time I did, I think at five weeks I'd walked around the neighborhood and I could do like one lap around the neighborhood. Yeah. I have to sit down. (laughs) Why am I so exhausted? (laughs) I was like, can't, um, so that helped, um, just slowly regaining like little pieces of myself and feeling a little bit more emotionally stable. Um, I will say though, that as the like intense, like hormonal emotions subsided, like more of my like real emotions came out, I guess, if that makes sense. So I started to feel more of that, like kind of grief for my past life. Mm. Um, as I started to like process and think like, okay, this is my life now. Like, you know, as things leveled out and, you know, on one aspect, really loving it. And so excited that this is my life and, and, you know, talking myself through all the different, all the different aspects of like how good change is and how much I've already grown and like how good this is going to be for like, for our family and, and just how thankful I am to have her. Um, but also just feeling a lot of like, oh man, I miss just like that sense of, freedom, kind of talking about feeling that responsibility and that pressure of like motherhood. Um, I just sometimes would just wake up and be like, man, I wish I could just like do whatever I wanted today. Like just go like, I don't know, go on a like long hike or like, I don't know, just all the things you can't, you can't do with a baby. Sometimes yeah. it was even a man. I wish I could just sleep until 10 AM, like right. as simple as that. <laughs> so 
I think that started to bring in a lot of room for like that mom guilt of like, oh, why do I want to be doing anything else than sitting in this rocking chair with my baby? And then just feeling guilty, you know, of like feeling guilty that I would want to be doing, be anywhere else or doing anything else. Um, And having to balance that back and forth, right? Of like, okay, I feel guilty. I know that's that's not valid. I shouldn't feel guilty. Like, but just all those thoughts spiraling around in my head and trying to make sense of like, where do I go from here? Um, I, I remember literally one day, it was like a gorgeous summer day. Um, I'd say probably she was maybe around eight, eight or nine weeks, kind of around in there. Um, just like a gorgeous summer day. And I woke up and I was like, I just, just started crying. <laughs> and I was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I just wish... I could just go to the beach right now. Like just yeah. go like to the not beach. Not have to pack up, not have to figure oh, things out. Just go. Like just me and you or like meet up with a friend or whatever. Just like get up, drive in my car, windows down. Like that feeling of like just freedom. Like I could go to the beach and then I could go to a friend's house. Then I could go out to dinner. Then I just like out all day, mm-hmm. complete sense of like freedom. Yeah. And then I was so upset because I felt so selfish. I was like, how could I feel that way? <laughs> um so I, that was hard. Um, and I think kind of pregnancy being a shock as well, kind of tied into that of just having to process everything. I know I had nine months to prepare for her, but it still just felt like I was dealing with grieving those like old plans I had for my life, yeah. you know? And you mentioned that like, you were kind of like one of the first people in your circle have a baby. So then you're like, nobody else is doing, nobody else is doing what I'm doing. I'm the only one doing this. And that also can contribute to that feeling of like, I just want to be like, you're like, what's that? Like, isn't there a SpongeBob meme of like him looking through the window yes. and then they're like out there and you're like, I want to be them. I want to be just like running in the wind, like right. doing whatever I feel that day. Um, yeah. So definitely I, I do have one, one circle of friends who just aren't, aren't quite in that stage yet. Um, but I will say that I do have another circle of friends that are in the thick of it and are on their second or, yeah. or whatever. And I will say that one of the biggest things that like helped me deal with these emotions was talking to them yeah. about it. Um, and just looking at their lives and like how they've adapted and leveled out and they're still doing fun things with babies and they're still living their lives and still working and they're not just sitting in a rocking chair with a baby and that <laughs> this will, <laughs> this time will change. And oh yeah. And she'll fit in more easily with my life and, um, and that kind of thing. And, and just else, just in general, just talking about the way I was feeling was such a huge help sharing that with my mom. Like, Hey, I feel so guilty. And she'd be like, don't, <laughs> you don't need to feel guilty. Just, just talk me through that. Of, yeah. Um, those emotions are, are valid, but, um, changing those thought processes so that I don't have to just sit there and like feel miserable <laughs> about myself yeah. or, or miserable that I'm sitting in the rocking chair or miserable that I'm going to the beach or whatever. Yeah. Um, cause either way, you know, you feel like the grass is always greener in a sense. Exactly. I was just thinking like you, you want what you can't have. Exactly. Exactly. And at the end of the day, like I was, I was so thankful to, to, to be sitting there and, but we're only human just cause we're moms doesn't mean we're not yeah. people who have desires and, and want to want to do experience things and have that sense of, freedom and it's never going to look the same way that it did. Um, so I think that's a big part of that grieving process is like, okay, it is truly never going to look like that again. Um, but that's okay. And I think coming to that place of like, that's okay. This is, 
the new way it's going to look. Um, change is so, so good for us. Um, things can't stay the same forever. I was like, imagine if I just stayed in that stage of life forever, yeah. forever, like never changed, like never had like a baby or another like huge, like life event, like that just kind of shakes you up. Like you just get stagnant. You just stay the yeah. same. And that's just not how life works. It just happened to you sooner than you thought it would. Yeah. Just happened sooner than I thought it would. And we kept talking about that too. We we're like, what would have really changed in a few years? Right. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And even though you had nine months to prepare, it's still like you had nine months to prepare, but at the same time, nine months is not enough. And sometimes there are just things that you cannot prepare for. Like the emotions that you feel, you can't prepare for those emotions because you don't know what they're like until they're there. Yeah, um, totally. Even with all the, the talking to moms that I did and reading countless blogs and watching hours and hours of YouTube videos, <laughs> um, I'm a big reader. to prepare, but at yes, the same time. It's not going to fully prepare. Um, kind of what we were saying early, like you don't really know till you go through it. Um, thinking about, you know, my wonderful friends who don't have babies yet, still such loving and supportive friends, but they can't quite get it. You can't really understand yeah. what it's like. Um, even listening to someone's story, you know, even if I tell them about it, they can, they can, they can, uh, sympathize and they can mm -hmm. listen, but they can't, can't, can't fully understand. And you can't fully prepare yourself to feel what you're going to feel. And, yeah. and everyone handles it differently as well too. Like, um, everyone struggles with different aspects of it and yeah, everyone, everyone feels differently. So it's so hard to know what you're going to feel like until you get there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Especially like other people's, even if you've been there as a mom postpartum, somebody else has a different experience and you're like, I don't, I don't get that because I haven't had that experience yet, or I never had that experience. So it's hard, even, even though you've both gone through it, it's still hard to see exactly eye to eye on what they're going through or what they have mm -hmm. them see what you've gone through. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think that can, that's why something like this, your wonderful um, podcast <laughs> is so awesome because it helps us connect our experiences um, yeah. you can feel so lonely, like when you go through something and you, you don't know someone who's been through it exactly, or, um, it can just feel like, Oh, well, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel yeah. that way? <laughs> um, yeah. so it's great that we're sharing, you know, the good and the bad, yeah. um, both sides, because you never know how you're going to connect with someone or, um, help someone just feel like understood, like, Oh, I've been there too. Or even as we were talking earlier, like, Oh, we both struggle with oversupply. I actually don't right. know anyone else who has in my, in my circle and of it's mamas. It's not really like something people are like, I have oversupply. Yeah. <laughs> people aren't like talking about it and you're like, I don't even know. Like you end up Googling about it and then it's like, there's just too much information and oh, you're yeah. like overloaded, but it's helpful. I think, I hope I can build like an archive on the podcast basically to be like, Oh, you're struggling with this. Look, there, there's like a detail there about this person's journey and that. So click that one. I don't know. Yeah, that would be awesome. There's just so many different ways it can go. Yeah, totally. Totally. How do you feel like, so you're eight months postpartum now. How do mm -hmm. you feel like you, when do you started to cope better about like um, that mom guilt feeling? And when do you feel like you started doing something different? And what did you do differently? That I would say that, um, those first three months were the most intense for me. I think the biggest period of adjustment, right. From those first 
six weeks of like really like figuring things out to just getting through that, that whole fourth trimester. I think that whole time. Um, I think probably around four, four months, I would say after that, that period, I started to just continue to level out and feel more and more like myself. Um, and I still struggled with that, with that feeling of guilt. I still struggle with it every now and then, um, even now, but I'd say as things got less like intense, I started to feel a little bit more like I knew what I was doing. I started to like, just, you know, fit her in with things like go out to lunch and bring her with, or like Mm -hmm. just figure out that new flow. Um, I also started back to work at four months, um, from home, which has been such a blessing, but I think that contributed as well to kind of figuring out like, okay, this, I'm still me. I can still love to work. I can still love Mm -hmm. to like do all these things that I used to do before, um, and still love my baby just as much. Um, it's not a this or that. So I think just those factors of like the hormones settling a lot, um, figuring how to better flow. Like I kind of understood her and getting, just got to know each other better. You know, there's this new little life and you don't know each other at all. And so getting to know her better, feeling more comfortable as a mom, um, those things helped a lot. And just reclaiming those aspects of ourselves, I think is such, is so influential as new moms, um, whether that is going back to work or whether that's just literally like having your morning cup of coffee and morning routine undisturbed, or whether that's your 30 minute workout or whatever it is, like those aspects are so important. And I think really influential, um, because as we start doing them, we realize like, I don't have to feel guilty about this, or that was my experience at least. Like we start doing it and we realize like she's thriving. I do love her so much. I don't love her less because I'm choosing to do something else for this, this small period of time. Yeah. Um, and that helped. And then also, like I said, just, just talking to people, um, and sharing is, and being open about that helps so much. Um, I am in a small group through my church and just with mostly other moms. And so when I was feeling that way, just sharing with them about how I was feeling, um, they were almost like my mommy and me support group that I didn't get because of COVID. Um, and just sharing, you know, how I felt if I was struggling with guilt that week, or if I was struggling with, um, whatever it was, I think that's just so key. Um, and having them explain, explain to you how, how they have felt, share those common experiences. And then also just sometimes just talk you off a ledge, like, <laughs> yeah, Hey, you're not doing anything wrong. Like we we felt this way or it's okay to feel that way. Um, but just know that it's not true and yeah. working on changing those thought processes. And now that I'm eight months, it's so cool to look back, um, eight months postpartum. It's so cool to look back where I'm really now feeling so much like myself. Um, which has been just incredible. It's like, you're going up this like big hill, um, big mountain. And you kind of, I'm not at the top yet. Um, I don't think you get to the top till like your kids are like in their thirties or whatever. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll have to ask a really seasoned mom that yeah, one. <laughs> yes. But getting up there and as I get higher, I can kind of look back and see all that we've been through, um, and see all the different things that we've overcome, which is really cool. And I think really, kind of going back to your original question as I went off on a tangent. Um, I think that time helps a lot with the intense emotions and the feeling of guilt. Um, and just recognizing that you can love your baby and you can love yourself. Yeah. And I love how you were saying to talk to other people about it. I feel like it was hard 
to like talk about it. It's really daunting to talk about it because you're like, I don't even know if what I'm like going through is normal. Like, and you start to like feel a little bit of shame about it. And so you don't want to talk about it, but talking about it is the thing that helps you feel like you can breathe again in a way. Yes. hundred percent, hundred percent. The times that it was the worst was when I was not sharing it and just sitting there, you know, feeling that way and dwelling on those thoughts and letting them kind of spiral as, as they do. Um, and then as soon as I would like open up to, you know, to honey or to my mom or to my friends about how I was feeling and they could like speak some life into that. Um, it was just, yeah, so helpful. And I think that's going to continue all throughout motherhood. I think community is like just such a huge influential aspect, um, to postpartum definitely like having those key support people, um, and just motherhood because the challenges don't stop (laughs) with our little babies. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that though. That's perfect. Is there anything else that you like any wisdom you want to impart anything you've learned in the last eight months that you feel like would be a benefit for other moms to hear anyone else who's going through what you went through? Yeah, I think so. Um, So I think the biggest thing that I would say, kind of reflecting on all of this, um, looking back and and just getting to see how much I've overcome, um, and while it is so, so intense and challenging, um, it is really amazing. You know, I don't want to scare anyone with all these crazy stories of how hard it is, um, because it really is, but like, wow, what a beautiful and intense time of growth as well, while it's all these different things that we're faced with and overcoming, it just pushes us to a limit that, that you didn't think you could handle, that you didn't think you could go through. And then you do. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I did that. I can do that. Or like we can do that as, as parents or as a family or, um, it's just such a huge amount of, of growth, um, that I don't think you would really get. Um, there's nothing I think relatable to, to motherhood or becoming a new mom and postpartum, um, where you would be able to grow that quickly in such a short amount of time. Um, I really had to dig through like so many of my own issues, so much baggage, so many of my own expectations. And I feel that I've definitely come out of it stronger. Um, And as a family, as, as parents and as as our marriage has come out of it stronger as well, I would say. Um, And I'm sure that this growth like continues all throughout motherhood. And I know, I know that it will. And I'm so excited almost for those new challenges and new opportunities to grow, um, personally and, and as a family. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm overall, I'm just really convinced that the, the newborn stage is such a powerful time of transfer transformation. Mm. Um, and I feel really privileged to have gone through it. So just want to make sure ever make sure new moms or people who are thinking about being moms just know that like there's so much beauty in the challenges that we face. Um, yeah. and there's so much to look forward to. Yeah. I like how you said the word transformation. I just feel like that's really how is how it feels. It's a really intense period where you're kind of just thrown into the fire and then mm-hmm. you come out and you've transitioned into something totally new, totally different. And I think part of how you said you felt mom guilt was that transformation. Like we don't think about that, like you've changed. And so now you're like, how do I combat what it was in my mind a couple of weeks ago with like, what's going on now? It's like, you're not adjusted to your new body yet. Technically, like you're not, you haven't, you've transitioned physically now and mentally, 
but you've left something behind and it's not technically left behind because you remember it. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. I love that word transformation because it really is like, um, I think, I think it's, I've seen this on social media somewhere, but like when your child is born, like you're also reborn mm-hmm. as a mom, you know, and it's, it's totally different. Like it's just even so different from being pregnant, even though you are a mom when you're pregnant, of course, and you're growing this life and, um, it's just nothing can prepare you for that transformation when you have that little baby in your arms and mm-hmm. you're just, you are totally reborn. You're taking on a whole new, a whole yeah. new identity. Um, yeah, it's totally. incredible. I keep like playing the imagery of like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Thing yeah. It's like, I was just like this average little caterpillar before, but now like I've grown and I've changed. And now I feel like in a weird way, you're like, I feel more beautiful as who I am now because like I've grown and changed into something more beautiful. And even though it was a really hard change, it, it was very worth it in the end. Definitely. Definitely. Each of those challenges like had, had a purpose, had a meaning, Mm -hmm. um, just putting, putting me through that refiner's fire, you know, um, to get to this point. And yeah, I just, I just know it's going to continue all throughout motherhood and totally. And keeping that mindset, I think is so helpful. Like, yeah, there's going to be new challenges. I'm going to have a toddler and based on how she is already, I know she's going to be strong willed. So we're going to have some tantrums. We're going to have all sorts of craziness, um, as she just continues to grow. But yeah, I think it's really cool the ways that we, all these challenges are used in our lives and yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your journey. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. If you're struggling with symptoms of postpartum depression, anxiety, or rage, I encourage you to talk about it with someone who feels safe. Your partner, OB, or pediatrician may be good places to turn to express your feelings. Feel free to visit my Instagram bio for other resources at Speaking Postpartum. And if you're feeling any feelings about hurting yourself, please call the National Mental Health Hotline at 1-800-662-HELP.